I'm a little bit fact, but mostly fiction. I'm your operator, here to facilitate these calls that call you. Now, as your ambassador of the exchange, your diplomat to discourse, it is my distinct pleasure to bid you welcome to the Toll Switch. Greetings, ladies and listeners. You're in at the switch. It's opening night at the pictures, and the room is all abuzz. Take your seat and take it in. The lights dim. A hush descends. The curtains open. A pristine screen of white is met with a cascade of light and color. An image comes into focus. Our starlet appears. Never mind where she came from. She's there. Just as she always imagined she would be. Tonight's call brings us Katie Carmichael from Connecticut, an all-too-driven actress with sass and spirit to spare. Katie's silver screen dreams have finally taken shape in a series of well-traveled pages, a script, and within that script, a role, and as far as Katie is concerned, her role. She read for the part. She wants the part. And she is about to get notice that the producers want her for it. Unbeknownst to Katie, her tireless agent, one Mr. Connor Reed, has found a banter about this dream role and its storied past. Chatter indicating that the risks may not only outweigh the reward, but possess an undefinable dread, leaving more than merely unrealized promise in its wake. Connecting. One moment, please. Reed Company, Connor Reed speaking. Connor, darling, my nerves are in tatters. Any word from out west? Just about an hour ago. Well, is it champagne or whiskey? An occasion that might call for a little of both. Wait, I, I don't. They did or they didn't. What do I always say? A star that fell straight from the sky, and like a foolish little girl, I believe you every time. Well, a foolish little girl that's leaving that dancing room for the pictures. Truly? Too truly. They loved you, doll. Said it's beyond them. Someone hasn't snagged you up sooner. They want to offer you the part. Contract on top of that. They do. They do indeed, doll. They do. Believe this will be a real star-making show for you, and with contract locking you up, a star that will light up their studio for years. Oh, Connor, this is—it's a dream. Katie. I don't want to go casting a pall over this here dream, but I would be remiss if I didn't give you the straight dope. Straight dope? Straightest. So give. The news is aces. It is. The role is perfect, undoubtedly. And when I say they loved you for it, couldn't be more true. And I love that for you. You worked hard for this, respectfully. But. But. There are some with past interests, some with current interests, some just interested, some who say things. 
Say things like... Rather unnerving things. Things that are hard to believe, yet hard to ignore is the only way to put it. Far as I can tell, this dope is anything but straight. Might not be the dream you've been angling for, but rather... Rather what? Rather a curse. What am I in for here? Is this going to be some kind of lecture about the perils of notoriety? I'm a big girl. I've made my decisions. This is not a lecture. I am not speaking in the figurative. Connor, you are being rather cryptic. I'm not sure that I can... It's cursed. Or at least that's the hot rumor flying around those hills. Now, I am not one to entertain such notions. So don't. Katie, I'm your agent. And be that as it is, it is thrust upon me to do my due diligence and sort through the minutiae of your office to see that you are getting a fair shake. So you sorted? I did. And you found what? They've been trying to shoot this picture for a long time now. With one very, very big problem. And what's that problem? That the other actresses who have landed this very same role prior, the role you say is a dream... Death comes with a call to cast. They all died suddenly before shooting. Wait, how do you... Did my due diligence. I'm up on things. If there's a rumor to be heard, I hear it. I thought you were going to say this was an issue of the monetary sort. Maybe you heard some things, but I doubt you know all the facts. There's plenty to unpack here. Listen, the script was at Silverstar first. They cast Laura Redman. Poor thing. Car accidents are just the pits. Crashed her Bel Air off Sunset on her way back from her agent's office where she got the news of the offer. Thrown from the car 30 feet. Her brains were thrown 40. Pages scattered and bloody around her very dead body. Accidents, they do happen, Connor. More often than good roles like this one come along for me. But then there was Tammy Page. Silverstar cast her after Redmond's unfortunate end. She accepted, and in gruesome fashion... Bloody, bloody murder. Her throat was slit behind a drive-in. I know all about it. So the script was in her bag. I know that, too. The world can be a dark place. Darker if you're an actress with time passing you by wasting away dancing for sad sacks who hate themselves as much as you hate them. This is a role I was born to play, so I stand undeterred. You gonna tell me about Sutton Howard now? Now listen, that seems far too coincidental. Those who knew Sutton knew she was a spectacular swimmer and an even more spectacular drinker. Tragic daddy-issue drunks are never spectacular. Or in this case, stable or dependable enough to bet a picture on. Be rational. Respect the details. Sutton's reputation preceded her. She was aware of her limits. Pushed them for certain, but always stopped on a dime right at them. A momentary lapse of her well-lubricated calculations making for an occupational hazard for her kind. There's more. More that I can be quite sure you do not know. Privilege buzz from the trade hive. There was an initial bidding war on this property. So Silverstar, figuring on three strikes being enough, decides to sell the property off to Royal Pictures, who, at the time of bidding, were the next highest to Silverstar. As these things tend to play out, Silverstar sold it for a profit, fat got fatter, Royal was more than aware of the ghosts that came with it, but like yourself, they were undeterred. Jumped at it, put it on the fast track, got it in the hands of a Monica Carlyle. 
Jane Hardwick, Sheila Wood, and others. All promising young talent, hungry for a chance at this role like yourself. With one big difference between you and them. They're dead. I'm alive. With me here, actively trying to keep that so. Okay, so your theory is becoming plausible. Too plausible, though. But I didn't come to New York looking to be white noise. I came here to be Technicolor. So let's do something about that. First off, let's not be dire. We can agree to tread lightly, but we are not certain this is a curse. I could fill a couple tables at the Brown Derby with dead dames that might be inclined to argue in my favor. You got ears? Still ringing from my daddy's palms. Then listen. There is one thing that is so often forgotten. Well, in my mind, I have covered it all. Perhaps if your gut would weigh in, we'd get somewhere. Thankfully, mine has. The writer. Consider the writer. I'll bite. What about the writer? This Grayson Bryce. They're his words. Cursed words, as it were. Why are they cursed? Who would know better than the writer would know? Why, if they are even cursed at all? Well, here's a bit more privileged information from the Hive. Grayson Bryce is a nom de plume. A nom de plume? Cute, huh? No one knows who Grayson Bryce is? No one cares. Deals were all handled by proxy. Well, who's the proxy? Our nom de plume's agent, I'm sure. Well, you're my guy, right? I am. Can't you shake the Hive and find his guy? Could be a task I'd be up for. What would turn could to a would, Connor? I don't know. Playing a bit of ball, maybe? Doesn't sound as if we're dealing with DiMaggio here. A heavier hitter. Left field or right field? Wrong field. But the guy does have an arterial running straight through the no. Used to have a significant financial interest in Silver Star before he became the strict nine Samaritan he is today. I have to imagine he was privy to the goings-on around the deal when it was done. And he's of use to us why? He has taken a shine to a certain fancy-faced starlet of mine. So, if a tree need be shook... He'd be the guy could shake it. Not sure if his strong arm stretches from the seedy sorts to the superstitious, but... I'll play ball with Wrongfield. Technicolor, Connor. Shades of gray are très passé. Name is Struck. Familiar. I would guess that would be the case. Then knowing who he is, is to know what he is. Politicians, if you could call him that, work in trading favors. Well, what do you believe would be the commanded return on Mr. Struck's investment? Right now? Just a drink. He's called, he's asked about you, and he's thirsty. But you go accept favors from Struck, and that drink could get more than a little... precarious. There's a void in his vocabulary where any words of refusal might reside. Let me tell you something about me and... precarious. Before all this, I had a life in New London. House on a safe street, loving parents to provide, and... A more than adequate blue-eyed, newly settled serviceman looking to pick up the job where they left off. When he came back from Korea, I did what any good patriotic girl would do. I screwed him till he saw stars and stripes. And then, 
I got pregnant. Kept it hush. Didn't show, so I didn't tell. Took good care to self-assess. About a month in, it became clear what my life would be like if I stayed there with him. With the baby. With my parents. Safe streets. Well, I wasn't gonna let that happen. So I left town quietly with my secret still my secret. And things got precarious, as you say, when I made that visit to the doctor and got rid of baby blue eyes. But I never once glanced back to New London, so I could move on to a life that would allow me to do what I've always wanted to do. Far as I can tell, making sure nothing gets between me and this role is doing it. So I ask, was that in vain? Am I to quit at Precarious? That would be for you to say. I moved to New York and I don't worry about loneliness or muggers or curses or spoiled politicians. I just worry about not doing enough of what needs to be done to get where it is I need to go. You're some kind of something. You know that? I've always known that. That's why I left. That's why I'm here. And that's why I say call Wrongfield and tell him tomorrow for martinis at Smith's. Let him pick the time. Any questions about our course? Not a one, boss. Good. So let's go find ourselves the nom de plume and kill us a curse. It's a plan. In Technicolor. Hmm, you bet it is. Bye-bye, doll. Until tomorrow, buddy boy. Show business isn't for those of weak constitution. But there's no business like it, they say. No business they know. They say that, too. The glamorous face is wearing that painted-on sort of perfect. The bright lights, the rousing applause. Audiences offer an opiate in the way of attention. Validation through adoration. But to what end does this worship wound? There is little empathy offered up for the trials and sacrifice of a star's ascent into the proverbial showbiz sky. We simply consume in delight, or reject with disgust. Center stage, silver screen, eager to scrutinize. Yet there are so many out there, wide-eyed and drunk on possibility, that would gladly endure that scorn in search of our approval. We build them, we break them infinitely amused by all of it. And that's entertainment. And with that, you are off the hook, ladies and listeners. I think on my way home, I'll saunter by the park to toss a penny in the fountain. I'll make a wish for all the understudies out there. May they relish their blessed lack of notoriety and understand the beauty of loving what you do while recognizing the curses that come along with having to be loved for doing it. This is your operator, disconnecting. Good night. Thank you for listening. This has been a Toll Switch Studios original podcast production. These Cursed Words stars Whitney Hudson as the operator, Maggie Stiggers as Katie Carmichael, and Damian Musiani as Connor Reed. 
This episode was written, directed, and produced by Thomas Justino, executive produced by Mike Harry, and edited by Tony Nigro. Mixed by Michael Keir, original music composed, arranged, and produced by Jason Sebastian Russo, with Toll Switch original theme music by Anant Sandara. If you're enjoying listening to the Toll Switch podcast, please follow us, drop us a review, and spread the word so we can connect with others as we have connected to you. This is Toll Switch Studios, signing off.